podcast for Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 25th, 2009. Located in the Middletown, Delaware, we are dedicated to connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. For more information about Connection Community Church and our ministries, please contact us at www.connectioncc.org. If you seek a relationship with Jesus or would like prayer, please call our church offices at 302-378-7692. On behalf of the entire Connection family, we thank you for listening and pray that you are blessed by God's message. So um, several years ago, it was around Christmas time, um, there was an interesting article in the United Methodist Newsletter. Now, I typically don't read that publication, but we'd been away, read a lot of mail, and I happened to, an article in there happened to catch my uh, eye. It's the column that the bishop writes every month. And, and in that column, the bishop shared that, a, 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 I guess we was thinking about Christmas time, because he talked about a story of a little girl who had asked him once, does God get married? And his response was, well, no, God doesn't get married. Why do you ask? And she said, well, then how did he have a baby with Mary? Well, that's a good question, don't you think? Yeah. yeah. That is a good question. You see, the bishop used that question as a springboard into talking about how God partners with God's people to make a difference in the kingdom. God partners with you and with us for kingdom work. Now, the birth of his son, Jesus Christ, is kind of the ultimate partnership. But there are lots and lots of other examples of how God partners with people. The Bible is filled with stories about how God partners with others. The bishop finished that article with a question, and this is what it was. He said, what incredible, impossible notion is God sharing with you, and what are you going to do about it? Well, God had shared us the incredible notion that two ordained elders in the church would work together, a husband and wife, uh, to start uh, a new church. In other words, they'd be assigned to a place that didn't even exist, which is a little bit out of the box there, and shared that with the bishop through the district superintendent, said, were you serious about what you were writing in the article, or you were just filling up space in the paper? Well, obviously he was serious because here we are. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time together. Please open our hearts to your spirit. And as we share in your word, it's in Christ and your Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. And so God partners with people to do kingdom work. You see, the church is the hope of the world. And so God partners with the church, with people to do his work. We have lots and lots of examples in Scripture. Scripture is filled with stories of real-life people who did real-life things for God. Okay, so God partnered with Noah and Abraham and Moses and Deborah and Gideon and David and Elijah and Naomi and Ruth and Jeremiah and Esther and Peter and James and Andrew and John and I could go on and on and on. Now, it's interesting because some of the names that I said might be names that you're familiar with because there are books in the Bible with their names in them, like Matthew and John and, and Esther. And, 
And so you're thinking, wow, well, they're like really big deal superstars of the Bible. I mean, they get a book named after them. You know, this is little old me. I mean, think about this. Has God called anyone here to lead two million people into the promised land? And so our challenge becomes this. If we're not careful, we we look in the mirror and and we realize that at least most of us aren't one of these bigger-than-life characters, and and we're not going to have a Bible book named after us, and we're not going to lead two million people into the promised land. And, and, And so we might, if we're not careful, start to discount the fact that God partners with us, us ordinary, common, plain people, just as he partners with those big names that we've all heard about. To give you an example, who here has ever heard of Billy Graham? A couple of you? Yeah. Well, it makes sense, you know. Billy Graham's very well known. He's, God has used him to share his word to packed stadiums of tens of thousands. I mean, I heard of one time he's in Brazil. There's 80,000 people in a stadium in Brazil listening to him preach. They don't even speak English. They speak Portuguese, and they're there to hear the translated word. As Billy Graham, I mean, God called him to some incredible ministry around the world. Well, let me ask you this then. How many of you have heard of Pastor Charlie Young? Two. Very good. Oh, that's a half. One and a half. Charlie Young. Well, let me tell you who Char- Pastor Charlie Young is. He, he pastors East, East Point Bible Church in New York. He was someone who was very influential and inspirational to Billy Graham in Billy Graham's early formational years. Okay? Yeah. Okay, so who here has heard of Henrietta Mears? Henrietta Mears. Uh, nobody. Why, man? One. One? Wow! I'm impressed. Henrietta Mears, let us share with you who Henrietta Mears is. She was part of First Presbyterian Church in Hollywood, and she was instrumental in helping Billy Graham wrestle with some biblical issues related to Scripture. Now, I wonder if she realized at the time what the impact of her allowing Billy, you know, her presence in Billy's lives would actually help bring salvation to hundreds of thousands of people. Henrietta Mears, who would have thought? Those uh, issues that Billy Graham was wrestling with, he, he finally um, settled those issues, according to something I was reading. He settled them, in, settled them at a place called Forest Home. Christian, that sounds like a weird name. Forest Home sounds like a rest home for the aged, but it's a Christian camp. Forest Home Christian Camp in Southern California. Now, here's the thing. I, I got the other names, uh, Charlie and, uh, and Henrietta, but I couldn't get this woman's name. It, it wasn't listed, but, but I'm sure there was a woman at that camp who got up every morning to cook breakfast for those campers. Unnamed. I'm sure she was there in the kitchen. And I, and I hope she realized how, how God was partnering with her and just how important those pancakes were in helping to share the gospel, not just there at that camp, 
but around the world, even to a stadium of 80,000 Portuguese speakers listening to Billy preach in English. Yeah. Because, you know, without that woman cooking the pancakes and others like her serving in those less-than-starring roles, that camp wouldn't have existed. And campers like Billy Graham would not have had life-shaping experiences that would help them partner with God in the future. Wow. Well, speaking of camp, we have a camp not too far away. It's in Centerville, Maryland. It's a camp that our church supports, and many of us also support personally. We have a, a pastor friend who this camp is very, very special to him. It's called Camp Ecometh, and this is where George Godfrey met his wife, gave his life to Jesus, and received his call to ministry all at different times right there at this camp. Now, I wonder if the young men and women who were serving at the camp during those weeks that George was there ever knew that the impact that they would have would bring George to all of those different points in our lives. And believe me, George has impacted hundreds, I would say thousands of people in the span of his life and his ministry. In the 12th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul tells us how God partners with us. We're told that God's Holy Spirit gives each believer a gift, and some more, but at least one gift, for the common good. Now, that's an interesting thing, for the common good. It doesn't say for our selfish use, for the common good. And then Paul lists some of the gifts that are given, and the list includes the gift of wisdom and the gift of knowledge and the gift of faith and the gift of healing and the gift of miracles and the gift of prophecy, and the list goes on. And if you look at some other writings of Paul and some other places in Scripture, you'll find other spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to the believers. Now, in addition to spiritual gifts, God has wired you and me all of us, in a very special and unique way. There's no one like you. God made you, loved you, breathed into your life, and threw away the mold. And so we each have, in addition, we have our spiritual gifts, but God has given us a passion and a personal style to live out our spiritual gift. And so We might all have, some of us might have same gifts, but a different way to express those gifts. It is so cool. Here's an example. So you might have the gift of teaching, and your passion is children. And so you'll use your gift of teaching to possibly serve in some of these rooms that are just bursting right now, and... Uh, teach our little ones about Jesus. Or your passion might be spiritual formation and growth for an older population, for adults. And so you might use your teaching gift to be a small group facilitator. One gift expressed in different ways 
because we're wired all differently. Hmm. And so our challenge then is, is not only trying to figure out what our spiritual gift is, but also what we have a passion for and what our personal style is and how we put all those three things together. Now, we have a class here called Network. Many of you have probably taken that, and that's designed to help you do just that. If you haven't taken it, we strongly encourage, in fact, we encourage you to take it. In fact, we think this is so important that it's a necessary uh, prerequisite if you're ever going to become a disciple member of this congregation. That's how important we is. We think it is for you to know what your gifts are, your passion, and, and, and how you're wired to use those things. Um, in fact, here's a little ad advertisement for it. The next network class, for those who haven't taken it, November the 7th, that's a Saturday, from 8 to 3, $15 covers your book and lunch. Sign up at guest services immediately following this service. Okay. Great announcer voice. Yes. Okay, so it's really, really cool what Paul says. Paul is the writer of Corinthians. He wrote a letter to the church at Corinth, and it's called First Corinthians. We're focused on chapter 12. And he compares the parts of the body of Christ, that, that's you and me, this, this is the body of Christ, to the human body. It's really, really cool the way he helps us understand one body, many parts, that the parts of the body all work together for good, all work together for kingdom work. And in this body, in this life that we have together, like this one little part or this one little part doesn't like call the shots over this part, but Jesus, when we're the body of Christ, Jesus is the one who calls the shots in the body of Christ called the church. And we all need each other. One body, many parts. And then Paul says this, he says, I want you to think about how, how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts deranged and functioning together. If Foote said, I'm not elegant like hand embellished with rings, I guess, I guess I don't belong to this body, would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how, would, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. And Paul goes on by saying this, but I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a, what, monster. That's pretty funny the way he puts that, the way Eugene Peterson translates that. What we have is one body with many parts each its proper size and in its proper place. No one part is important on its own. Can you imagine I telling hand, get lost, I don't need you, or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. Ouch, that's something that a lot of us have been hearing lately, isn't it? 
As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You know, you can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body you're concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. If, if anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? <laughs> I'm not sure everybody agrees with that, but most of us maybe. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. Hear that again. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. That is a great thing to remember. So let's say it again. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. So if we go back to the Christian camp example, all the people who are working at the camp are important. Not just the counselors, the ones who are hands-on, but every single person coming together, many parts, to make one body the whole. Everybody's needed to make it function, to make that camp function the way God wants it to. So here at church, we have network to help you find your gifts, your passion, and your style. But then what? You know, where, how do you put those things into practice to use them for some kingdom building? How are you going to use your gifts to partner with God? And so we have developed something that we're really, really excited about. And I have to tell you that back when God called me into ministry almost 20 years ago, it was all centered around discovery of how we're wired and how we can use our gifts. And I am really, really excited about this. Take out of your bulletin this brochure, and it's called I Serve. Okay? I Serve. I Serve is more than a brochure. It is a ministry. It's a ministry that we are using in the life of Connection Church to help connect people with the way that they are wired, with the way you are wired, so that you can thrive in the kingdom of God. And so that we together, as one body, many parts, can connect people with Jesus and the life he offers. The I Serve ministry, getting connected through servanthood. From the littlest, you know, from if you open it up, you're going to see, you see serving areas, serving opportunities. It connects people to things like serving our youngest population in the nursery, to children's ministry from 
being a part of the drama ministry, the skits, to videos on Sunday morning, to helping out with food on Alpha uh, nights, Wednesday nights. These are all listed and kind of grouped together so that you can read and um, see where you fit because we all have a place in the body of Christ. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm looking at y'all sitting in the chairs here. When we came in this morning, the chairs were all against the wall. Uh, the reason you're able to sit down is because a couple of people came in very early this morning and set those chairs up, and that's on here, set up teardown team after service. People will tear them down because we use this for youth group. It, you know, it doesn't just magically happen. There are people who have felt called to that and, and are dedicated to that, and that's on here. It's opportunities to serve in that way. So that's what this sheet does. It, it helps each and every person here to be able to use their gifts, to use their passion, to use their style, to partner with God, to be God's hands and feet, to be the servant God calls each of us to be. You see, the thing is, when we are followers of Christ... Serving is not an option. When we read Scripture, what Christ calls us to, he doesn't say, oh, boys, to the disciples, I'll serve if you feel like it. If not, uh, don't worry about it. He doesn't say that at all. Serving is part of being a follower of Christ. Now, you know, it's not an Alan and Carrie thing today saying, we need people in here to serve, so we're going to do this. That, it's not Alan and Carrie's thing. To, 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 we didn't dream this up, and it's not our job to guilt you into doing something because guilt serving isn't usually very good serving. So it's not to guilt you into doing anything. It's not for you to feel pressure. It's not for you to live up to our or anybody else's expectations. Pure and simple, we're here sharing this this morning, to serve God. Because, see, God's called us to what we do, and part of that is to help you get called to what you do. Part of our call is to help encourage and empower people to serve where God's calling them to serve and to help make that as, as easy as possible. That's what this is all about this morning, helping all of us partner with God as best we can. Every one of these opportunities to serve is important. We really do believe that one isn't more important than the other, but one all together, we can make a difference. All parts of the body is important. Here, here's an example. Now, having someone in the parking lot to greet you on Sunday morning, especially somebody coming for the very first time, is just as important as having musicians play the music. And, and here's why we say that. Because people oftentimes make a decision from their car to the point where the worship service starts, whether they're ever going to come back. Because the welcome that they feel gives them um, oftentimes a reason to come back. We can have great music. We can even preach uh, maybe well. But that doesn't matter if you don't feel welcome because you're not going to come back. Do you know that someone was here even before the parking lot people because we have something called Lake Connection out in the parking lot? 
Anytime it rains, there's a huge lake that forms. So this person was out there getting the water out of the way, shoving it with this squeegee thing so that you wouldn't be ankle deep in water to get through the door. Many parts, one body, all very, very important in the body of Christ. I don't think pushing the squeegee thing is listed on your sheet, but if, you, if that's what you would like to do, let us know. Or if you're probably an usher or one of the party line, you know, you can, you can add that to your list. Because I'm not, and that's not to be facetious, that's very important, especially when it gets cold and, that, and ice forms. You know, that light connection, if, if it doesn't get squeegee, that person puts salt on it so that we don't break our necks. That's, there's little behind-the-thing scene all add up to us being able to be here to share in the body. When we were prepping for this message, I was in the office this week, and I interrupted Lori for about the third time that day. She was really tickled for me to cross her doorway that, that morning. I said, um, but I had to ask her a question for, for what we were doing. I said to her, what was, I know what brought her the first time her, her stepmother invited her, but I want to know what was it or who was it that caused her to want to come back the second time to, to our worship? And she said, as she remembers it, it wasn't an individual. There's no one person that sticks out in her mind as to why she came back. But what she remembers is how she felt. And what she said was, I felt like there was something going on here that wasn't going on out there. And I've heard other people say, and I know that's the Holy Spirit. But I think the Holy Spirit works through us. It's not just some nebulous. I think the Holy Spirit works through us to be welcoming and inviting and encouraging and sharing and caring and daring all here on that Sunday morning. And, 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 and so uh, that's what happens when we work together as the body of Christ. Maybe no one individual stands out, and that's great because that means we're all doing our part, and we're all doing it with passion, and we're all going uh, giving it all we've got to Jesus for wherever it is that he's called us. And, and, and so God then works through his servants, us. That's what happens when God works through us, through using the gifts he's given, through sharing our passion and our personal style. Uh, God is able to work through us, and we're able to partner with him in this kingdom work that we're about. And so, as I look out, I know that many, many of you are already serving, and that, that's awesome that you've connected to a serving area, but here's the question for you, if you're already connected, is it an area that you're passionate about? Is it an area, is it an area that kind of revs your engine, that, that excites you? Because we don't want anybody to get locked in or feel forced into an area that takes life out instead of breathes life in. We aren't just called to serve, but we're called to give God everything we've got. And we want you to look over this list, and if you're feeling kind of dead where you're at in your serving area, take a look here and see what God has for you next. See what God has for you next and um, write it down and turn it in. Now, what about maybe you're not serving? Okay. This is a great opportunity for you. Look over the list. It's it's the same thing she just said. Look over the list. Give some thought. Pray about it. See if there's something there that catches your attention. 
If you fill it out, we're not going to plug you into service the, next, the very next day. We're going to have somebody call you, talk to you about what's involved in ministry. And you might say, ooh, that revs my engine. I'd like to give it a try. Or you might say, hmm, that's not what I thought it was. Either way, great. If it's, eh, it's not what I thought it was, well, f- keep going until you find something that is. Don't say, well, I guess there's nothing there for me. No, you've got to keep going. You can't just stop. If it is something that connects with you, great. Give it a try. And maybe you get into it for a couple of weeks. I'd give it more than once, one day. Give it a couple of tries. You say, ah, this isn't quite what I thought. That's fine. We don't want you locked into something that's, that's draining you rather than energizing you. We want you to be passionate where God's calling you to serve. It's truly where he's calling you. You're going to be passionate about it. So don't stay in it if it's not for you, but keep looking until you find the thing that is something that you can be passionate about. Here's the thing about, here's the thing about it. If you um, write something down, you're not committed for life. It's not a life sentence. <laughs> it's not even a one-year sentence. It's as long as God calls you to that particular serving area, serving opportunity. If it doesn't connect, it's okay. Try something else. We want you to thrive in the kingdom of God, in the body of Christ. Give it a try. I'll give you an example. We, before we had this list several years ago, we were thinking of, I was thinking of a drama we could, and I thought up a couple of characters for a, some skits we were going to do. And I didn't really know uh, people in the congregation who would do that. And when I, we do skits, it's just a couple minutes, maybe three or four minutes skits, not a big drama production. And I, and I thought of how this skit was going to I thought of these two ladies in the congregation. I thought, these, these girls would be perfect. Now, when I approached them, they said they were a little skeptical because drama wasn't what they thought they were called to, but it was really fun to watch them be... Have any of you ever seen Hope and Faith here? That's their story. Now, we, ha- we probably need to do the, a couple of Hope and Faith here this Christmas because it's a lot of fun. But, but uh, the, the, the Hope and Faith uh, ladies, that, that was the farthest thing from their mind. So when you look over the list, don't be afraid to try something that maybe is outside your comfort zone. You might really be surprised and say, wow, I never dreamed how much fun that could be. And, and you'll know if you're in the right spot. Does it energize you or does it drain you? You know, I, I can do administrative work. When I was in my own, all by myself in the church, and no other pastor, I did it. It doesn't energize me. It drains me. I don't enjoy it, but I can do it. It's not, I know it's not my gift. That's why God partnered me with Carrie, because she loves yes, that stuff. I love that stuff. Thank the Lord, because there's other things that energize me, and I'd much rather be, and I'm much better at them. And, and they take me much less time, you see? So even though you can do it, that doesn't mean that's necessarily where God's calling you. Now, now sometimes in the church there's a place where we fill in and stuff. It's not our passion. But, you know, sometimes there's gaps and we fill it in. But I'm talking find your passion. Find what it is that God wired you to do. What, what revs your engine? What put wind in your sails? Uh, you'll know. And if you can't find it at first, keep trying. Keep trying. It's there. It's there. Okay, so we invite every single person in these seats today to take a look at this, this brochure that is about a ministry called iServe, getting connected through servanthood. This is how it's going to work. You write down this uh, information that's on this, tear it off, turn it in, 
to guest services. Uh, we're not just talking about today. We're talking about for the any time you're here, any time, or stick it in the offering bag. I do hope that tomorrow and next week and the week after, I come into work on Monday morning and there's a stack this big of these things that I get to administratively go through. I can't wait to look at the Excel sheet and get it all together. Because you know what that tells me? That God is working in your hearts. Carl, I do. I love it. I, what I love more than that is to see people connected with Jesus through serving. Because as Christ followers, without that peace in our lives, Mm -hmm. it's pretty Mm -hmm. empty. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. what, when Jesus comes into our hearts, after we, you know, quit saying no and we say yes, everything we do after that is like a thank you note to God. It's it's our offering to God. Get connected through servanthood and you won't be sorry. You know, the gift that Carrie and I both share, the gifts is encouragement and empowering. And, and this, is what, this is why this really revs us up is because it's through this that we can see, uh, offer encouragement to be plugged in where God wants you and, and to help empower you to do what God's calling you to do. And I look forward to, that, to hearing about that stack Monday that Carrie administrated. Woo! Pour it on. Bring it on. Hearing about that wonderful stack of, uh, of sheets there. And so, as we close it out, we want you to remember the words of Paul. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. And so that's our key scripture for this morning. That um, 1 Corinthians 12, the very last verse. In fact, let's say that again together. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You are part of the body, and God partners with you. God partners with us, and that's what I serve is all about. The ministry called I Serve to get us connected through servanthood so that we in turn can live out our mission to connect people with Jesus and the life he offers. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you for this illustration that you give us in 1 Corinthians 12 of of the body, the body of Christ, the human body, one body, many parts. Our prayer, Lord, is that every single person connected with this body of Christ, whether they've been here for one week or 500 weeks, that they would sense and feel your nudge, your call, and go a little bit deeper with you through serving.
Lord, you're the hope of the world. Our hope is in you. And so we want to live that out and express our love for you in in serving you. You came to serve, not be served. And you are our model, Jesus. And so we pray all this in your name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly message from Connection Community Church. If you would like more information about what you just heard, or if you seek a relationship with Jesus, please call our church offices at 302-378-7692. You can also find out more about our ministries and upcoming events on our website at www. Dot connectioncc.org. Thank you again for listening, and may this be the greatest week of your life.